Welcome back. Mark Tui in for Rush Me Nair with a hot chocolate, which took the entire break to make because apparently the thing needs to heat up the water and that takes forever because they're rubbing individual molecules together. <sighs> there you go. My guest uh, joining us at this point in the program is our good friend Brett House. It's time for Dollars and Cents with Brett House. He's a professor of professional practice in economics at Columbia Business School, a fellow of the Public Policy Forum right here at the Monk School and Massey College. Brett, good to talk with you. Good to talk with you. Happy holidays. Yeah, the same. It's uh, We're kind of coming down to the final days. Uh, let's see, where do I want to... I want to start with this story, which is kind of interesting to me, which tells me that Bay Street in downtown Toronto, the center of Canada's financial industry, might have a problem. Graduates leaving uh, business schools with finance degrees are deciding that yeah, this is just not fun enough to work in Toronto anymore, and they're looking for greener pastures elsewhere. Is it money? Is it the cost of living? What's uh, driving people away? Well, I think you know it reflects the cost of living in Toronto, as it does for everyone, where the housing crisis in the city has meant the cost for a one-bedroom apartment is high, not just for folks who are just getting by, but for folks who are going into relatively well-paying jobs, too. Uh, the reward-to-work ratio just looks a little tougher uh, in Toronto than it might in some other cities where the cost of living is a bit lower. And I think that's one of the key things giving people pause on whether to relocate to Toronto or consider or other options. And the other options being uh, New York, uh, London, is Dubai a, a player still on the financial stage globally? All of those are possibilities, but as well, uh, they could be working with jobs based in Toronto, but not actually living in Toronto, living in satellite cities in southern Ontario where the cost of living is lower, coming in maybe once a week uh, or twice a week rather than the full five days a week as people might have done in the past. And that makes that ratio between compensation and the cost of living look a bit easier to take. Interesting. Uh, there's a bunch of stories about where Canada's economy is going to be headed in the next uh, year. There's one talking, uh, speculating about when the Bank of Canada is going to change interest rates. I'd be interested in your thoughts on whether interest rates are likely to come down or are we kind of going to, uh, could they go up, I suppose, or are they just going to kind of stay where they're at now? And what's going to happen with the economy? Some economists saying looks like possibly a mild recession in the new year. Others saying, well, hold your horses, might not be that bad. Well, I think before looking at 2024, it's worth celebrating again that we're now just a few days from the end of 2023. And we can say with more or less uh, very certain terms that we have escaped a recession this year. And when we were starting this year, most economists thought we were certainly going to have a recession by midway through the year. Uh, and so, you know, the economy's come through 2023 a lot better than expected. As we go into 2024, things are probably going to look kind of meh, kind of mediocre. We're not going to see really strong growth. We may see a mild contraction, uh, but we're going to see the bite of the interest rate hikes that we've had until recently really start to set in a bit more as mortgages renew and uh, other uh, loans you know, adjust to the rates that we have right now. We are likely to see rate cuts uh, at least by the middle of 2024, if not a bit earlier, because those interest rates really are constraining financial and economic activity right now. 
It's uh, kind of interesting because, uh, like, I've this year is the first year in my head that I've kind of divorced the idea of the economy on one hand, and you know, my personal and financial well-being and that of the people that I know as a separate entity. It's kind of like the old joke from the surgeon saying the surgery was a success, but the patient died. The economy in 2024 doing well. Does that necessarily mean that Canadians are going to do well as well? Well, what you're pointing to is what some have called the vibe session, where people's feelings about the economy are not really well aligned with the big numbers we're getting on the economy. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, we managed to escape a recession in 2023. Uh, but for most people, it doesn't feel like a very happy economy in their personal finances, where even though wages are now increasing for several months faster than the rate of inflation, they haven't done enough to catch up to the big price increases we've seen over the last year and a half. Uh, so that is reflected in people's sentiment, which is not terribly bright right now. It goes along with the weather we're experiencing. And uh, the fact that, you know, interest rates have done a lot to really start squeezing uh, both business budgets and household budgets. And that's why we're likely to start seeing cuts in the year ahead, because uh, we have seen inflation rates really come down close to the bank's target if you take shelter costs out of the mix. But of course, shelter costs are a huge part of the mix for most people. Uh, but by taking them out, you know, we can see where the other underlying price pressures are sitting in the economy and they're starting to look weaker and weaker. So the Bank of Canada can declare mission accomplished very soon. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be able to afford a, a, a better place to live. There's an interesting uh, piece by Todd Hirsch in the Globe and Mail pointing out that uh, the headline says that Canadians aren't actually that interested in the economy, and that's a problem. And he's pointing out that a lot of the stuff that Canadians are talking about, housing crisis, uh, uh, is what he would describe as a social and political problem, not an economic one. Uh, inflation and higher interest rates, he writes, are economic issues, but with inflation coming down, affordability is the focus and how governments tackle affordability is once again a social and a political question, not an economic question. Uh, Brett House, you do both economics at Columbia and you're a fellow with the Public Policy Forum. Is that just a difference that sort of excites nerds in the economic world or does that actually mean something in terms of how governments fix things? The fact that one thing might be economics or it might be policy and they're being handled by, I don't know, is that a problem or is that just a division that doesn't need distinction that doesn't need to be drawn? You know, I, I, I think it's a distinction without a fundamental difference. Almost all social and political problems have an economic aspect to them. Economics is just an, an aggregation of all the data on how we live, live our lives. And so, you know, the, the distinction he's making I, I don't see it as terribly meaningful. You know, how we solve the affordability crisis, what policies we put into place to address it, how we move forward on fixing the housing cost problems that we have are fundamentally economic uh, decisions and problems. But the politics comes in terms of, you know, where we impose the costs and the benefits uh, that come with sorting those problems out. And those are going to be the tough decisions that we continue to face in 2024. 60 seconds left uh, in our time together. Brett House, do you want to make a prediction now for when the interest rates might begin to drop in 2024 and where they might be at year's end? 
I think they're going to start coming down in the second quarter of 2024, and we're going to come down from five and a half to around four and a half, four and a quarter, and uh, we will see further cuts as we go into 2025. It's four and a half, four and a quarter. Is that sort of a normal rate? It, it occurs to me that interest rates uh, and inflation could be at any level, and if everything was at the same level, we wouldn't really notice it that much. So what's the? is that the right amount of in, uh, interest rate for us? Well, we determine the right amount with respect to how high the inflation rate is, how growth is going in the economy. We have an underlying estimate of what the uh, rate of interest is that's neither expansionary nor contractionary. We are going to keep trending back toward that, which is around uh, about uh three and a half percent as we go into 2025. Brett House, always a pleasure to talk with you, and we'll uh, maybe replay this a year from now and see how well you did. My guess is you're probably uh, pretty close to bang on, given the the background that you've got and the insight that you've presented. Thanks so much for talking with us all through the year. Look forward to doing uh, doing it again next year. Great to speak, and Happy New Year to you. Brett House is a professor of professional practice and economics at Columbia Business School and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum at the Monk School and Massey College. Let's hear from you. Is 4.5% the right interest rate for you? When do you think interest rates are going to come down? And are you struggling with them looking at uh, mortgage renewals in the next year? Let's hear all your financial fears. 416-872-1010 when the rush returns. 